Hello, this is Bill Lytell, Senior Pastor of Gospel Baptist Church in Benita Springs, Florida. This is another Wisdom for Your Walk podcast. I hope these help you and encourage you. They're condensed, I realize that. They're top of the mountain stuff. I'm not going into all the detail. I am giving you, however, a thought which you can run with and do more study with if you like on your own. This is accumulation of preaching and teaching and studying the Bible for some around 50 years now. So I hope it helps. Uh, why the rapture? What about the rapture? I hear a lot of controversy through my whole life about pretty much the three rapture theories, and they're called theories. The book, Things to Come by Dwight Pentecost, is probably the proof text, classical work uh, on eschatology or things to come. 30% of the Bible is prophecy. Half of that is fulfilled already, and about 50% is not fulfilled, waiting to be fulfilled. Much of it was fulfilled when Jesus was born, raised on earth, died, and rose again. Much of it was fulfilled because much of the prophecy was about, about that. And so we we uh, prophecy is important. It shouldn't be all you study. If you do it in proportion to what it is in the Bible, you'll seven seventy percent of the Bible is not prophecy, and you wouldn't want to uh, spend seventy percent of your time on thirty uh, percent of, of the of the Bible, right? So it makes sense, kind of a ratio. Don't get over, don't get out of balance on this thing, and over the over the edge. I do want to make mention of of uh, some specific things philosophically why I believe in the pre-trib rapture. Now, there are three uh, theories that people hold that love God. I believe born-again people. The pre-trib rapture, the mid-trib rapture, and the post-trib rapture. Um, One believes that Jesus will come before the tribulation, and the 70th week of Daniel will be fulfilled to the Jews, which have not been fulfilled. The other one, is the mid-trib rapture, which is uh, the theory that Jesus will come at what they call the time of Jacob's trouble, the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, when the intensity of the judgments seemed to get stronger under the vile judgments and and the, the seal judgments. And so then you have the post-trib rapture, which believes right at the very end, just about before Revelation chapter 19, Sometime just before Revelation chapter 19, just at the very end of the tribulation, uh, Jesus comes and raptures his church. There's uh, problems with each one of these, especially with the post-trib in my book and the mid-trib. As I looked at them, the least problematic of all of these is the pre-trib rapture. The one that makes the most sense. Sometimes people get caught up in all this detail. But the truth is, you just got to kind of step back after you look at all the detail and look at all the facts and say, which one of these makes the most sense? Which one of them correlates the most with the rest of Scripture? Because Scripture needs to be compared with Scripture, first mention, last mention, and comparative mention. And you look at the whole Bible on something, there's no prophecy of Scriptures of any private interpretation. You don't just take one Bible verse and make a whole doctrine out of it. It really has to cohesively melt together with the whole Bible, because the Holy Spirit wrote the whole Bible, and it makes sense to me, that it would be cohesive, right, if he wrote it. Now, I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 18. Abraham is talking to God. He's talking to the Lord about the destruction of Sodom. 
Here's the principle I was talking to you about. In Genesis 18, 25, he says, Thus be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. And then he started, if there be 50 righteous, and you know, went on down to 10 righteous. And God said, sure, if there's 10 righteous in the city, I'll spare the whole city. Now, this gives hope for America, for born-again believers that love Jesus in America. Surely there'll be 10, you know, looking at the ratio of however many people there were in Sodom, 50,000 people, 10, whatever that ratio is. Uh, it was that we have that ratio in the United States. We can we can say the same thing with God. God, would you not spare us in the United States, even though we deserve destruction? There's no doubt about it. Uh, Sixty-some-odd million babies have been aborted, and so much murder and crime and trouble. I mean, no doubt. Uh, we have no argument that God should save us, other than uh, would you not save us for the sake of the few, the few righteous? Now, that principle is Bible-wide. It's the very character of God. So that same principle is why there must be a rapture of the, of the, of the church, which is called the bride of Christ. Obviously, a groom doesn't treat his bride the same as he would treat some enemy of his. And the argument is, you're not going to slay, you're not going to judge the righteous. We will be judged, but we're not going to have the same kind of judgment as the wicked have. The righteous are uh, under the blood of Jesus, and we'll be judged for the works and deeds done in our body. But the sins we've committed, we're judged at the cross under the blood of Jesus. So you, you can't expect us to be judged in the same manner the wicked or the heathen or the unbeliever is judged because he, he is in disbelief. He's standing and he's for his own sin. He's going to answer for all the deeds done in his body and all of his sin and works. So a just God, and that's who he is, not just what he possesses, uh, will uh, and, and will will make sure that there is a separation of those judgments. This is the very foundation of the rapture of the church. You know, I could go and I have gone and I've preached a lot on this and I've gone through it. The book I said, "Things to Come," uh, by Dwight Pentecost goes into it was a life work for the man. It goes into great detail. I believe he's very fair, by the way, to pre-trib post-trib, and mid-trib. He's very fair. He lays all three of them out. He argues for all three of them and then says, okay, after you've seen all this, the one with the most evidence, the one with the most cohesiveness, the rest of the Bible is a pre-trib rapture. Why? Partially due back here to uh, Genesis chapter 18 uh, of the rapture. People say, well, there's no rapture mentioned in the Bible. That's just a smokescreen. Uh, Enoch, when he was... Uh, translated. I looked the word up in Hebrew. It means to be transported. Like, remember Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty. That's probably where they got the idea, by the way. Um, beam me up. It was a transporting, a rapture, as it were, of Enoch. Elijah, uh, without dying, taken up in the chariot of fire. Uh, rapture is not a new concept in the Bible. And so people are trying to argue against rapture because there's never been a mention of rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but the word that is translated is from Greek to Latin. It's just a, it's just what I'm going to call a uh, small little technical difference. Uh, the rapture comes from the Latin, and the Greek word is a little different. But when you translate from Greek to Latin, of course, they don't match word to word. You've got to come up with a word that describes the Greek. Well, that's the word for the Greek word, the Latin word rapture. So it's, there's no, 
There's no dishonesty there. Rapture is a fine description being translated, if you want to use the English word for the Hebrew. In uh, Enoch's case, that's a perfectly fine. Uh, or Elijah, where he was taken up. You can use that. But the, the foundation of the rapture is in the book. Uh, the principle of the rapture is in the book. And there's no problem with me. Uh, I have no problem believing that God is going to snatch his church out, translate his church out, catch his church up to heaven prior to him pouring out some of the greatest judgments that ever have been upon this earth. There's going to be 21 consecutive judgments, starting with the um, seal and, and going with the trumpet and going with the vials. Uh, 21 consecutive judgments. And the Bible says of itself, and this is where you get this information, that these are the worst that have ever been. This has never been since the foundation of the world or never will be is that bad. So you're going to see these judgments. Some of these judgments take out a, a quarter, 25% of the population of the world at that time. Uh, I think I did a little math on this one time. I think two-thirds of the world's population is going to be killed during the tribulation period. Now, can God preserve his own in the midst of that? He can, and, there, and, he, and he, he definitely could. Like I mean, the principle of preservation we find in Noah and the ark. I mean, he's going to judge the whole world. He puts, he puts Noah and all the animals and whoever he wants to save, the family, in this ark that he built. Shut, God shut them up, by the way. God shut them up, and they survived uh, the judgment. But there was no mixture between the judgment of God and the flood on all those wicked people and Noah and his righteous family. Right? Noah was called righteous. So Noah escapes a judgment. Uh, and again, there's that Genesis 18 principle. So we see the principle was before Abraham mentioned it with Noah, demonstrated by the flood and the ark. It was uh, mentioned again with the destruction of Lot, of, of excuse me, Simon and Gomorrah, where Lot lived. Uh, I mean, and, and if I go a little further about Lot, there were not 10 people there. And, but what did the two angels do? When Lot started giving excuses, he had his wife and his two daughters. The angels grabbed these people by the hand and, and made an astounding statement. They said, we can do nothing while you're here. The judgment was coming. The sun was coming up. There was a what am I going to say? An urgency in the in the in the angel's voice when they were telling them, "You got to go. We got to go. We got to go." And finally, you know, lots messing around. You know, doesn't want to go, and and they grab by the arm, basically take him out of the city by force. That shows you how powerful this mixture of judgment principle is. We can do nothing while you're here because Lot and his wife and his two daughters were considered righteous. Uh, God would not judge the righteous with the wicked. They weren't going to leave Noah, or excuse me, they weren't going to leave Lot and his daughters all there to be destroyed with the wicked. It was against God's uh, principle of justice. It was against his character. So I hope this helps you some. Now look, there are a ton of verses that you can go and argue, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, you can go through 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You can go to Revelation chapter 3, uh, all over these different places. And, and there are other things to mention that, that I believe uh, indicate a rapture. Um, and they're all there. Get the book, Dwight D. Pentecost, uh, Things to Come, By the Grace of God, and it'll help you. 
It's, it's, uh, it'll help you understand the Bible. It's basically sermons. You know, people say, well, it's a book. I don't need a book. I just need the Bible. Well, book's just a, a, a message written down. If you don't feel you need help from anybody else, you shouldn't be listening to this. Uh, you shouldn't even be part of this because you say, if all I need is the Holy Spirit in the Bible, then why are you listening to preaching? The Bible says if it's by the foolishness of preaching, say them to believe. So the Bible says listen to other people and help you to understand the Bible. Nehemiah, when he preached to them four souls, the Bible says he made the sense of Scripture to them. He, he explained Scripture to them. So from old to new, a men help men understand the Word of God. So I hope this helps you. Uh, I believe there's going to be a rapture of the church. I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. And I believe it's anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And I don't think you can predict when it's going to happen. It'll happen. It'll be over before you know it's started. And you'll be in the presence of God. May God bless you. We have a hope. This is Wisdom for Your Walk. Bill Lytell, Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs.